Listen. Are you listening? <laughs> This is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Later on this hour, we're going to take you over to hashtag Taiwan, Taiwan Explained, and in the spotlight. But we kick off today's program with a new edition of Here in Taiwan. Hello and, and welcome to Here in Taiwan. If you're joining us on our Facebook live stream, today is Wednesday, October 28th. Otherwise, it's Thursday, October 29th. I'm John Van Trieste, and joining me here in the studio today is Shirley Lin. Hello. We're kind of squinting a bit, if you might notice, if you're watching us on uh, Facebook live streams. If someone's changed the lights on us. Well, well, we'll, we'll uh, mud trudle on through. Uh, up next, we'll be telling you how to do Halloween Taiwanese style. Then a plague of iguanas continues to, to threaten southern Taiwan, and we'll be, we'll be revealing the location of Taiwan's most beautiful toilet. All that coming up next. Please stick around. All right, well, Halloween is just about upon us. And, uh, well, like we've said many times before, we're fortunate here in Taiwan to not have too many COVID-19 restrictions in place. We've done a good job of uh, keeping that at bay. So uh, that means Halloween parties. And there are some interesting events planned. That is right. Wow, we've got 10 to choose from. 10 to I choose mean, from. Yeah. Okay, first of all, we're talking about a Triangle nightclub. Have oh, you ever where, been there? That's, uh, no, but I, it's, it's near here. Okay, so they're having a, 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 an event called Masquerade of Evil. Oh. <laughs> so, and yeah, well, well so I, I, it seems like they're serving some really evilish, <laughs> devilish drinks, cocktail, I guess. Uh, let me show John first. It doesn't look see how there's uh, there's a strawberry oh, and they're like sticking it's been all skewered. the it's been skewered totally and you know it's kind of mild and they're like kind of like um the the strawberry can really uh, bleed oh, blood. Oh, okay. Right? And there's sort of a grim reaper figure down yeah, below yeah, there in one yeah. of those cocktails, um, it's like a marshmallow looking figure. Yes, that's right. And okay. then there's another pumpkin face in the drink right there and oh, okay. right here. And so anyway, that's that's kind of cute. Maybe not my scene drinks. though. No, not I, a thing. I know I've got friends who've been there. I'm not quite sure Oops. if it's for. Me, but yeah. what else do we have? Okay, so then there's also W Hotel. They're having theirs. Oof, that's that's very uh, upscale. Very fancy, yeah, very fancy. Um, and then there's uh, uh, that one is having an electronic music party with the theme of mask fashion. So you better have some creative mask to mask as in medical mask or as in no, Halloween mask. Halloween mask. <laughs> oh, because I <laughs> think sure. like that could be a very Mixed message. Well, I mean, you could go in your medical mask, but make sure that your medical like, mask is, you know, all kind of like, like colored. I'm and not sure how to decorate this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could probably do that. Use a marker, marker pen. I think it'll work. You know, draw something really, uh, 
don't know, surreal on there or something like that. Yeah. Like a or Salvador Dali medical mask? <laughs> or scary. I'm sure you know. can order those online, actually. <laughs> okay. Right. Then there's a Gavalon whiskey bar. Now, that seems like something I'd be... Okay. Yes, do I tell, know. Do tell, I know. Do I know. Tell. You'll probably want... They're offering a free shot to those who wear a Halloween costume and makeup. John, you've got to get dressed mm. up in makeup. And if you have no idea to dress up, though, there will be a makeup artist to help you from 7 to 9 p.m. What if I dressed up as a bottle of Kavalon whiskey? Do I get extra shots? Oh, that sounds like a great idea. Because then it's free advertising for them, too. Yeah, all right. Now, um, the uh, there's, uh, oh, I think it's the uh, Triangle. Um, what was that place again? We're Triangle going back Club? there? Yeah, um, they're having the Halloween Pride Disco Party. Right, they are primarily, I think, catered to LGBT Right, I guess I'm, I'm, folks. Yeah, I'm only getting to more inf- information and here. And Halloween actually happens to coincide with the Gay Pride Parade here in Taipei. That is right. That is right. This exact so, the same day. I'll be going and marching, but I don't think I'll be okay. heading to any of these events. They're okay. a bit too, bit too raucous for me. I need a, <laughs> a whiskey corner. Sounds, sounds okay. more my style. Okay. Now the next one I'm sure will interest you is the Taihu Brewing. Yes, oh, Taihu uh, beer. Right? I, a fan. A fan. Yeah, you, you must a be fan. a total fan. Um, here is just a sample. This think, is probably from last year. I think I, I have some of their glasses uh, at home, actually. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. I already zoomed in. Anyway, these okay. are some costumes. Now, they are having two special cocktails. One is called Taihu Pumpkin Pie. Oh, that sounds very sweet. <laughs> I don't know. And Taihu, what would Dracula drink? Oh, I bet it's red. I bet it's, yeah, some kind <laughs> I of... I bet it's like tomato juice or something. Probably like one of those Belgian sort of uh, cherry beers. Right. There's a dragon fruit that's, that bleeds blood. Oh, I mean, blood yeah. Color, yeah. There are, right? They have a lot of creative stuff down there. Okay. Yeah. Then there's Landmark Taipei, and uh, make sure you wear a Halloween or rainbow or rainbow costume and the like. Right, and, because and, oh, it's, again, Pride and Halloween coincide this right. year. Right, and like their Facebook page, then you get a 50% off their second pint of draft beer. Aha! Mm. There you go. I okay. don't like being told to like things. Okay, <laughs> I'll decide what I like. <laughs> right. And then there's also Driftwood. It's a place in... I think they're in Ximending. Sounds groovy. Okay, so that's downtown. Well, sort of, you know, it's, it's a place for young people. So, oh. yeah, if you're young, I'm you go there. Maybe a bit past that age. <laughs> oh, you're still young. Um, they are, uh, if you follow the jungle exploration team to look for hidden treasure. That doesn't sound like Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what, what do you get if you find something? Oh, it doesn't say. Maybe. It's you, a surprise. You, yes, it's a surprise. Maybe it's like mm-hmm. a haunted house type of a deal. Right. And then the Taipei Children's Amusement Park is having their own. It's the Halloween Snack Party. <laughs> <laughs> Something Snacks. for the kids. Something yes. for the kids. Snacks will be distributed to kids, and there will be a drawing for a Switch. A Nintendo Switch. A Nintendo Switch and other electronic prices, mm. like a mobile phone for little kids. Oh, no. They have them. Oh, I saw no. a kid that throw a fit on the subway today because his because, mom didn't want him to look at his phone anymore. Oh, so that's they, terrible. Like, and it was like a two-year-old. Oh, no. Oh, no, two-year-old. You keep them... Anyway. So I'm not surprised. I'm okay. not surprised. You're not surprised. All right. Some place is giving a party called Zuloween. Now, can you guess where that would be? I have no idea. <laughs> the Taipei Zoo. Okay, so... Do you get extra points if you find their missing anteater? They still haven't found that poor creature, have oh, they? Oh, no. What if... Oh I oh gosh I yeah yeah I hope nothing happens to her. I hope that was like a Halloween her baby stunt. Needs her. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it was too close to Halloween. Okay. Anyway, so they are featuring a treasure hunt, Ooh. a parade, and some live performances, and also the cute koala house and children's zoo and other areas will be open at night because they usually close at five. Right. Right. Yeah. So they'll be open till the night. So that's that. And then what the hell, ween? 
It's called What the Hell? <laughs> oh. And it's nothing but the it new Taipei like... City government throwing this party. They came up with that name? <laughs> yes. Okay. It looks I mean, like a zombie is, cosplay party. I know. Well, this is just the best that they can for, um, I guess, uh, in preview to their okay. event, I guess. Um, they say the winner of the best costume competition will be awarded 500 US dollars. And there's also a new category for creative face masks has been added this See, year. That's like the should be that's kind of like the trend of the year. So that, exactly. when you said face masks earlier, I was like. Right. Go in your medical face mask. Maybe you'll get the top prize, you know, for being different. <laughs> anyway. I, I'm sure plenty, like everyone has that idea. Right. And then there's Tombstone. That's the name of the event. Or, yeah, oh. of their poster, on their poster anyway. And, um, this is by the Liu Fu um, Village. It's an amusement park. So we're not in Taipei anymore. No, we? yeah, this is outside Taipei. So they're organizing a series of events, including a zombie parade performances and delicious food delicious food it's amazing how all this has sort of sunk into taiwanese culture because it's definitely not like a a local holiday at all i know but like uh and trick-or-treating really isn't i mean you see kids but it's mostly kids who are enrolled in sort of these english classes and they might call oh, ahead true. like one year what we did when i was teaching was like local businesses played along but like you don't go door to door, door in taiwan so it's kind of um Interesting how, at least for adults, it's kind of uh, become a thing. Yeah, yeah. And then last but not least, McDonald's is putting on a party too. Oh. Just simply called McDonald's Halloween Party. Nothing original. But they're having the Japanese cartoon Doraemon as its theme. That's weird because that's <laughs> not has nothing at all to do with Halloween. <laughs> yeah, and it's nothing to do with any of the American cartoon characters. Now, I, I heard one of the reasons that this story really appealed to me, besides all of the interesting drinks on offer, was that... Um, there's one where if you can scare the bartender, you get something. Oh, 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 yeah. Um, that was, uh, which one and was that one? bartenders see a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so. Nothing can scare I feel them. like they have bodily fluids, vomit. They've seen it all. Like, what oh. are you going to do? Yeah, really. So, yep. Um, I feel like that's a, that's a hard task. Yes. And, um, you know, there are some that are appropriate for adults like you, that's John. Nice. So. Yeah. And some for kids. And yes. A variety. I like the Zuluween idea, actually. Maybe I'll head down there instead. <laughs> I like that Zuluween. <laughs> Speaking of zoos, uh, the southern part of Taiwan, the southernmost part to be specific, uh, has been invaded by green iguanas. Now, this isn't a new story exactly, but uh, this year we have a record yield in terms of people catching them and turning them in to the authorities, <laughs> these oh. fugitive iguanas. And we were just talking about the, um, who's missing again? Oh, an the anteater. Ant yeah, no, the I, mother anteater. Hmm. Yeah, the anteaters are useful. I, I've had problems with ants lately. <laughs> so, <laughs> But iguanas, they are a problem here. They're invasive, but they also damage, uh, you know, farmers' crops as well as irrigation ditches. And of course, they don't belong here, so the whole ecosystem goes out of whack. I'm oh. not sure what it is that, there's, what the, that they're eating that they're not supposed to be or what part of the food chain they're food disrupting. Chain. But yeah. the other mm. thing is they can reproduce. A mother iguana can produce, it says here, 40 to 70 eggs each year. Oh, wow. It, more than 80% of them will hatch. Oh. That's according to this article. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, they, apparently this is a rural area. So irrigation and agriculture are a big thing, of course, in Pingdong, down in Pingdong County. So um, the local Department of Agriculture it has a rewards program 
Um, but finding the iguana. And it seems to be paying off, although what you get is not cash. <laughs> you get agricultural produce as an award. And it doesn't even say what kind of agricultural produce, so you can't even tell if you're getting something good or not. Like, right. Here's a piece of kale. I like kale. A wilted salad leaf. Here you go. Um, but yeah, um, last year they caught 4,182 in oh total. This year, in just the first nine months, mind you, so we could be further ahead of this oh record. This year, in the first nine months up to the end of September, there were more than 5,000. So 5,480 were caught. So I guess people are really after that agricultural produce reward. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, they say that they don't attack and you can catch them, although they say watch really? out for their tails, they which they attack? used to attack. I don't, I they don't might know. bite they and they say avoid their tail, watch out for their tails, but generally they don't harm people. However, and this is such a Taiwanese thing, you can call the professionals, which in Taiwan means the fire department. <laughs> Thank you. The fire department for some reason. Well, I mean, isn't it the same in the States too? No. No, no, they respond to fires. They're a fire department. Oh, okay, maybe cats stuck in trees or well, something. Yeah, but that's that's what I hear a lot. If you cats. have like a beehive, like, yeah, the fire department's not going to take care then of who that. who takes care of that? You do, or you call what? an exterminator. Exterminator. It costs well, money, yeah. Or, I mean, oh. and usually, of course, well, I don't know. It depends on where you are, but uh, like where, where I am. I don't know what they do in places with like alligators and stuff like that, but we don't have that problem where I'm from. So no, anyway, um, in Taiwan, the fire department will handle it for you. They have a hotline and they will send trained personnel. <laughs> trained personnel. Um, that's the 1999 is the hotline if you're interested. And you can take them to the fire department, I should say, to exchange them for the produce. They've got oh. the produce there. <laughs> so if you want your produce, that's the place to go. Now, it is apparently legal to have iguanas as pets, and you do see them walking around. Some people in Taiwan, very rarely, but I've seen it more than once, so I know that it's a thing, um, will put them in those little harnesses and walk them. I've seen them in Yuan Shan oh, Park. yes, I have. I know. Like, you know, a on leash, weekends. On a leash. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. However, um, you have to register them, and I don't know if this is new. The deadline currently, as it stands, is November 30th to register them as pets. So they are... Legal, but you have to register them. And there are significant fines starting at 333 U.S. dollars and going up from there. I don't know what the scale is, what a more severe offense of not reporting your iguana is (laughs) versus a less severe one. It's all the same, isn't it? But anyway, uh, iguanas, Iguanas. they're trying to get rid of them. Oh, wow. As promised, we now turn to the matter of the most beautiful toilet space in Taiwan. Okay. Um, Any guesses where this might be? It featured in a recent film, the English name of which I actually don't know, but uh, which means like the disappearing Valentine's Day. Oh, no, no, really? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. That's why it's... I saw that movie. What? There was a toilet in that film. Or at least, the, maybe they didn't show the toilet because I have not seen this movie. But oh. it the release of that movie and the fact that the, all of the footage was apparently shot in the vicinity of the vicinity this toilet, of the toilet has made this uh, sudden sensation in a village with a relatively sparse population. Actually, they're like, maybe the tourism people can get in charge and help us promote this. Because oh. there's not a lot of tourism going on at the moment. Um, so do you know where this is, generally speaking? Where is the, it... Pingdong? No, uh, a bit further to the north, Jiayi. Oh, Jiayi, okay. On the coast there. Okay. Um, 
it is one of the only remaining bits <laughs> of this sort of what used to be sort of one of those fish farms, fish hatcheries mm-hmm. that are on the coast, but apparently the land there sank into the sea basically all that remains of the original buildings are like these well there's the brick walls that divided the different pools and then there's like a sort of a brick skeleton of what used to be the headquarters of the main building all that's left is a toilet and it faces out (laughs) because the wall's fallen away into a beautiful apparently view of the sea especially sunsets now you're not allowed to go into this toilet because it's directly over the water right but people have come from across taiwan to Uh pose with this Squat style Asian oh, it's toilet. A squat style yes. Toilet. Okay. Um, huh. And uh, now, uh, okay. Here are the merits of the location. It's a sort of a former salt, sort of sea salt producing area, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, bird life because it's sort of a marshy area. Yeah. And is an eerie toilet aside, a pretty eerie sort of ruin type of space. And uh, you can see there's just the bare skeletons of these buildings in brick left. And mm. like the sort of thing urban explorers would like. Also like these old electric poles with nothing on them anymore sticking out of the water. Okay. It's all very like, it almost seems like a little maze of different brick walkways and stuff. But um, so, so, okay, the Instagram appeal. And of course, you can stand on top of this toilet and take a view picture of the view beyond and claim so, say i went to taiwan's allegedly most beautiful toilet however it's dangerous you should be careful before you go there they actually have signs and on weekends now they've actually have coast guard people there that's how <laughs> serious this has gotten within two hours of high tide it's all floods the roads the the it's on a sandbar you mean the the toilet floods over to the whole thing it's on a sandbar that oh. is only tidally there you could easily get stuck on there. i mean it would be so, a really awkward rescue like okay so it's it's a beautiful toilet only because it's overlooking the sea the toilet itself is not nothing very particular it's an oh, ordinary oh, porcelain right. toilet the location and i thought okay so it's a location got it got it i thought it's got you know it's like made of all these beautiful colorful tiles you this know, made or something. the <laughs> this made the tv news over the weekend i saw really? a, a full report on this okay only in Taiwan, folks. Yes, only in Taiwan, <laughs> this kind of thing would happen. Well, people in some parts of Taiwan were stunned, uh, I guess yesterday, wasn't it? Or the past few days anyway, by the sight of uh, sudden missile launches and unexpected tanks in the streets. What's going on? Is it chaos? Because um, uh, I think the government has named Combat Readiness Week. And so that's why, you know, the uh, defense ministry has, like, brought out all these, you know, tanks and whatnot. Without telling anyone ahead of time? Because people <laughs> well, seem to have been taken aback by this. Well, well, yeah. I mean, you don't want to tell people, I guess, because they're... The like, element of surprise? Like, they're practicing <laughs> like a real war. Uh, sure, know? sure, sure. And so, yeah, so they got the armored brigade and um, they attached camouflage netting to their vehicles and practice utilizing nearby features like seat structures, whatever they see inside, <laughs> and civilian areas as well to uh, to practice so you know like survival fitness you know during a potential attack so <laughs> we have regular air raid drills we and do. we have regular exercises but these are always well announced ahead of time and mm-hmm. in fact they usually take place around the same time times of year there's also a warning text that goes out right none of that seems to have at least i didn't get a warning text 
Yeah, I know. So this is. We're apparently know, in the middle of combat readiness week, and yet the civilian population yes, this is not ready. Is not over. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and so um, basically, they even kind of camouflage. You know, if you can tell, can you can you tell what that actually looks like? It looks like it a construction this, crane. Exactly. So they made this Tanks tank to look, like, to look like construction, you know, um, yeah, vehicle mm. that we would have. You know, if, when I see this, I'm thinking that maybe I did come across one, you know, on the streets so, uh, so, the other day. So I know that there were some sort of missile. I heard about missile launches and things like this. But um, this is uh, actually tanks that people didn't realize were tanks. No. And we've discovered later. I know. Some of them. This is this is so funny, and this is nighttime too. You know, it got the lights on and everything. So, but um, and, um, so yeah, that that one, that one particular, it's a clouded leopard armored personnel carrier. Okay, would never know. That was you, you, you. Yeah, it pro- passed you by, and that's like once in a lifetime you can see a a cloud leopard, you know, armored car, but you just didn't know. But anyway. That would have been, I would have been thrilled. Anyway. Um, well, and that's so a fun this... game we can play for the rest of the week. Spot the tank. <laughs> yeah, really. I'm going to be like, Maybe the know... winner. the winner will get agricultural produce. Yeah, I'm going to, like, yeah, keep my eyes wide open just to see. Because um, actually, some of these tanks and vehicles were, like, traversing in the streets near the Densway MRT station so parking lot, which I... is not just, you know, a few stops, maybe 10 stops away from RTI. That's a long way, actually. Well, but yeah, it's but a it's a very in, popular in a tourist area. Yeah. It's Definitely not the sort of place where tanks would. I thought that people. No. I heard that people had seen them though. Like I didn't realize that they were disguised. Yeah, but anyway, maybe people realized after the fact that they were tanks. Right. And after you see this th- news, there is something a bit off about it. Like the way that the crane is positioned, it does look <laughs> rather short for a crane, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. And even the army's thirty-three chemical warfare group dispatched heavy disinfection vehicles, and um, you know to. In, in case there's like nuclear, biological, chemical threat detection, you know, oh, they even have vehicles for detecting that. Are they in disguise as well? Uh, Are you one of them, say Shirley? Right here, no. <laughs> pull off your mask and. <laughs> right, and then there's also a brigade conducting nighttime tactical maneuvers, and uh, also moving from a mountain base down to a civilian area in New Taipei's Linkou District. I was just thinking, I'm in New Taipei, but Linko is far from Yeah, me. that's okay. Yeah, I was thinking, right. Maybe that's what they want you to think. Yeah, <laughs> right. And you just didn't know. Um, an so Apache is... attack helicopter was used. A Black Hawk helicopter was used. So they were near the Xinzu high-speed rail station. Those are kind of hard to miss. They had some flying over here before National Day. They kind of make a lot of yeah, noise. How yeah. do you disguise those? No, you, oh, I don't know. You can't be like, oh, it's just a passing bird. Some you cannot here. disguise, I guess. <laughs> so no, it, it they... was defense preparedness week, but it was secret defense preparedness <laughs> week, apparently. <laughs> right. All right, before we go today, did you know we're in the middle or we're about to be in the middle of a census? Huh? Yeah, no. you didn't know about this. <laughs> oh, goodness. I should, be, I should be aware of this. I'm a Taiwan citizen. Is this another secret thing? I don't know. But starting, it's apparently not. I have an article about it right here. Um, yeah, the decennial population and household census is starting in November. They're going to have 16,000 census workers, so make sure you're counted. They're actually going to visit. Uh, more than 1.2 million households across Taiwan. Now, unlike censuses in the states, they don't. They're, what they seem interested in is mostly 
it looks like demographic data in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Um, Not this. Population distribution, household structure, long-term care, child care services, education, okay. employment, language. Who, what language are you speaking at home? Housing conditions. And it's not, not so much about legislative seats as about as it is in some other places, as about uh, policymaking and uh, an accurate understanding of the people. Also, there's the fun Taiwanese fact that we have this thing called a household registration system which is very weird because it's not. It takes a bit of a bureaucracy to to jump through the hoops of getting it changed, actually. And thirty percent of people don't actually live where they're registered uh, for various school related or work related reasons. Thirty percent. Thirty percent. So they want to know where people actually live. <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of people like to have their kids, you know, enroll in some good schools, and so then they would change their registration. I uh, know, but and, but you have to people have don't, connections. Well, yeah. <laughs> It was, it's a long story, but uh, yeah, people aren't living where they're so technically their addresses. Anyway, it's going to happen from the 8th to 30th of November. They're also going to have forms online that you can fill in on November 1st. Okay. All right. Well, that does it for today's edition of Here in Taiwan. Thanks so much for everyone who joined us on our Facebook page and on the magical world of shortwave. I'm John Van Trieste. And I'm Shirley Lin. See you next time. Bye. Welcome to Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. Thank you so much for joining me. This week, we're going to be talking about a fight that broke out in Fiji between Chinese and Taiwanese diplomats. What happened was during National Day celebrations in the capital of Suva, Chinese diplomats tried to barge their way into the celebrations. When denied entry, a fight broke out, injuring one of the Taiwanese diplomats. Now, of course, after the altercation, the Chinese government was expected to give an explanation. But what the Foreign Ministry of China said actually had a lot of people scratching their heads. Actually, it gave me a little bit of a chuckle. You might be wondering what I mean. Well, all you have to do is stick around and listen because I cover it on this week's Hashtag Taiwan. Coming up in 3, 2, 1. Have a look at this slice of cake. And now you're probably thinking, cake? I didn't come here for cake. I came here for hashtag Taiwan. If I wanted to watch cake, I would just watch it on the cake watching network that I get on satellite TV, $4.99 a month. But this week, I'm going to tell you how a cake provoked an all-out brawl between Taiwanese and Chinese diplomats in Fiji. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Like a good cake, this story's got layers. October 10th is Taiwan's National Day. Big deal, you're thinking. We've covered this several times in the past few weeks. What else is new? But Taiwan's embassies and offices abroad have a tradition celebrating National Day in the countries where they're located by inviting local officials for a ceremony and reception. We wine them and dine them, if you will. Earlier this week, foreign affairs officials in Taiwan confirmed that a fight broke out between Taiwanese and Chinese diplomats at a National Day reception in Fiji's Grand Pacific Hotel on October 8th. All we have to go off of right now are personal accounts and reports. Police authorities in Fiji are looking into the case. But first, let's toss to Taiwanese Foreign Minister Joseph Wu for his comments. Minister Wu, take it away. We strongly condemn the violence against our diplomat in Fiji by China's uncivilized wolf warriors. As a sovereign state, we'll continue celebrating Taiwan National Day everywhere, every year. 
Taiwan is a force for good in the world and we won't be intimidated. JW. Washington Post reporter Ryan Ho Kilpatrick tweeted a transcript of China's response to the brawl. It's stuff we've heard before. Blah blah blah, one China policy, blah blah blah, Taiwan belongs to China. But Telegraph reporter Nicholas Smith actually pointed out something peculiar about this statement. She said, Chinese diplomats were offended by a cake. She was referring to this part of the Chinese statement which said, Taiwan's false flag was publicly displayed on the scene, and the cake was also marked with a false flag pattern. China is straight up taking out its frustrations with Taiwan on a sheet cake. Buddy boy. You gotta take it easy on the buttercream. Be better to the batter. Be nice to the cake that's been iced. Don't get cross with the frost. Hating. One might say they were in absolute tears. I mean, who doesn't love cake? Indeed, overseas National Day celebrations will feature a Taiwan cake. That do look like a mighty fine cake if I do say so myself. After learning about what happened, Taiwan's Twitter started paying tribute to cakes. Antoine Collard tweeted a picture of this cake saying, Just here to remind you that China got offended by a cake. Duly noted. Tricky Taipei tweeted, Since cakes are trending, I'm really into these illustration style cakes by this Taiwanese account. Anyway, if that false flag cake could talk, I bet it would say, You want a piece of me? As far as hashtag Taiwan topics go, I have to say that was one of the more amusing ones. I certainly got a great deal of joy out of writing, researching, and recording that episode. We're talking about, at the end of the day, milk, egg, sugar, a little bit of cream, some dough. And that was an official reason cited by a country as to why it started a fight. Anyway, I hope you did find this iteration of Hashtag Taiwan amusing. If you did, go ahead and leave us a comment. You can find us on social media, primarily Facebook at facebook.com slash Taiwan Insider or facebook.com slash Radio Taiwan International. Go ahead and subscribe and go ahead and check out our weekly magazine, Taiwan Insider. Leave us a message with your questions, comments, or suggestions. I have yet to do a fan-suggested Hashtag Taiwan, so if you've got a topic and you'd like to be the first, I'll be more than happy to consider it. Anyway, until next time, you guys, stay safe, stay happy, and stay healthy. I'll talk to you again soon. This is Taiwan Explained. Brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. Now, it's not just the U.S. president who has a say on U.S. policy towards Taiwan. Congress also has a say. That's right. In fact, this Tuesday, two pro-Taiwan acts were introduced in the House and the Senate. Let's start with the one in the Senate. So that's called the Taiwan Relations Reinforcement Act. It's a bipartisan act introduced by Marco Rubio, who's a Republican from Florida, and Jeff Merkley, who is a Democrat from Oregon. Yes, it elevates the AIT director to a Senate-appointed representative to Taiwan. It also calls for strategies to protect U.S. and Taiwan entities from Chinese coercion. And in the House of Representatives, we saw the China Task Force Act introduced. And actually, that is a bundle of 137 uh, acts, seven okay. of which have to do with Taiwan. This was introduced by the Republican-led China Task Force in the House. 
uh, in order to counter the negative global influence of the Chinese Communist Party. And here are some of the things it includes. The Taiwan Defense Act would call on the U.S. military to prevent China from taking over Taiwan. The Taiwan Symbols of Sovereignty Act, which would support use of things like Taiwan's national flag in the U.S. And also there are acts that would help Taiwan to join the IMF and the WHO. Well, I really hope the Taiwan Defense Act passes. I mean, that would be very reassuring for us here in Taiwan. Yeah, because then the U.S. military would have to protect Taiwan from a Chinese attack. I think that's the biggest one. Right. What do you think about the possibility of these acts passing? Well, I think um, some of them will probably pass. I'm not sure about all of them, but I think it does show that the U.S. is much more wary about China and its influence mm. on uh, the U.S. and Taiwan. So they're working to protect us and themselves from, you know, aggressive China. I think it's interesting, too, because in the past we've seen a lot of things like arms sales. We just saw three new arms packages from the United States on Wednesday. But now it looks like things are moving towards seeing Taiwan like with a bit of normalcy, so more normal relations, even though not official diplomatic ties. Yes, so we hope that all of these acts pass in the U.S. Congress. Radio Taiwan International. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin, and today my guest is David Ho, who is the author of this book. It's about the Z generation. It means that the people who were born in the 90s and uh, about how to keep the talents of Z generation for those who specialize in office design. But first of all, a little background about David. Um, he's an architect. He uh, studied masters um, at the University of Edinburgh in Scotland. Um, he mastered in architecture design. And he's been in this profession for 25 years, and uh, he's won many different awards. But let's meet David. Hi, David. Hi, Shirley. Now, we've been friends for almost 30 years, oh, so we can really relax and just have fun, right? Anyway, I've looked at this book. Uh, it doesn't have an official English name yet, but eventually it's going to be translated into English, right? That's uh -huh. why we're doing this interview in English. But um, anyway, it's a great book. Wow. It's got Thank lots, you. lots of information, mm -hmm. which I find very interesting. I've got three kids, literally from Z generation, right? And they were born after the 90s. Yeah, right, you know, after the 90s. And so, anyway, I'm just thinking that it's interesting how you combined what you understand about Z generation and design, mm -hmm. or rather office right. design. Mm -hmm. So it's just packed with a lot of information here. That's right. First of all, why did you want to study architecture? When I was uh, going to the uh, university when I was in you know, 20s, I was majoring in physics. My first year in the university, as a freshman, uh, I was quite tense because when I studied physics, I know, oh, that's not my interest. When you study physics, you need to study many, many, many 
math, many, many calculations. I'm not good at math. And then after that, I, I'm not going to do this. I, I, I'm going to escape from the physics. That's my first step to think, okay, who am I? What am I looking for? What's my interest in? That ring my bell to think about back to the uh, past when I go to the uh, high school. I take bus to high school. And I think, okay, okay, and wow, this building looks good and that building looks bad. Why is that? So that makes me think about, oh, wow, maybe that's the thing I'm interested in. Is it also because you also like to draw? You've always liked to draw, right? Well, drawing is, is it's my habit, but I'm not that kind of, you know, uh, traditional arts, fine arts drawing. Then I transferred to uh, architectural design in the university from the physics. Wow, that makes makes me feel, wow, that's a relief. I finally, I find my way. So I'm very happy to study architectural design in the university. And then, why this book? It took me about eight to 10 years to you know, collect all the uh, social information, which I take a look at very close to the 90s. That's because when I work, when I talk to my clients, I need to you know, interview with all the Oh, oh people in the 1990s, right? That's right. That's right. I, okay. I, I need to know what they need so that I can apply to my, to my design. Oh. That's why I have a very close look to 90s. And I collect all these, you know, different information. And then I found out, okay, in 90s, people will always say, oh, they are strawberry. Yeah, we need to explain what strawberry generation right. is. Okay. Um, here in Taiwan, you know, in Chinese they call it Chaomeizhu. That's like strawberry group or people or generation, which means that they're they're soft inside. You know, they can't take hard jobs. Good looking so outside, they, but fragile inside. Fragile on the inside. Okay, but in America, they think of the Z generation as being the strawberry generation. But I found out what I found out is is totally different. Totally different. They have good looking outside. That's right, but. Inner side, they have many, many creative ideas. They want to see the things happen. They jump around because they have too many ideas and they want to th see things happen. That's quite different from our generation. Mm. Our generation, you know, people, you need to polite. You, you don't talk too much. You just do what you want, you know. Right, just obey. Yeah, yeah, yeah obey yeah. the boss. But for the 90s, they just, hey, this is my idea. Listen, I found out, wow, that's, that's awesome. That's for the 90s, they are awesome. They jump around because they want to see the world. They have passion, but they don't have patience. That's because they have too many creative Great ideas. ideas. And they are energetic, because they want to see things happen. So I found out, wow, that's the great things in the 90s. So I want to write all these down with my design, through the design to help people know, hey, 90s, they are great. So that's why I wrote this book. Well, we're not going to get into details mm -hmm. about the book because everybody should go and buy this book, right? But I do want to ask though, like, you know, what do the people in the Z generation expect of their parents? That's a very good question. Um, as I say, they got lots of, you know, different ideas, creative thinkings. They want to see things happen. So they expect either parents or boss to listen to them. That doesn't happen in our generation. In our generation, right. we listen to our parents, know, our boss. So. But now they want to, they expect us to listen to them. But do you think it's easy? For them, it's easy. So you've been a supervisor mm -hmm. to people of the Z generation. That's right. What was it like? The one who got patience is me. 
I have to have patience to listen to them. Not listen, but always think carefully. Hey, what do you want? What they want and what the things I can provide to them to fulfill their dreams come true. Oh, wow, that's so different from yeah. being a boss to a group of people. It's like you throw down commands and you tell them to do uh -huh. what you want them to do. But you learned early on that you need to listen more to Real your employees and right. what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. so I think that's a training for me, yeah. for all the, you know, the bosses. Well, of course, as a parent too, right? But we'll get to that because eventually we're going to be having an interview with David's two daughters, two daughters mm -hmm. you know, in on the interview, and then we can learn more about that. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. A little bit about a book. Okay. I didn't quite understand what's mood design. Okay, mood design, that's not a new term. That's not a new word. It's a new word to me. Okay, right. <laughs> but for the design field, mood design is, you know, you de design something, consider about how people, when people use it, how people can create their mood. Okay, that's called mood design. You mean what you want to create the mood for them or to think ahead as to what mood they want to have and you try to create that mood for them, which is it? Oh, both, both. yes. Yeah. But I found out that nobody noticed this point, nobody wants to apply this point to the 90s. Most of all, people want to create something, start from the functional things. Okay, can I use this uh, things uh, easily, conveniently? That's the first things people considering about right. when do the design work. And that an office has to be an office. You can't have a toy in there. That's right. Functional things is very important, right. of course. But when I do the design, I try to apply the mood into my space for the 90s. Because, as I said, 90s, they want to you know, express themselves very, very much. They have many ideas, many feelings. And that's the point when I do the design, I must thinking about how to apply their feeling, how to use their feeling applying my design. So you need to stand in their shoes right. and try to figure out what would make them happy. So when they walk into the space, walk into their office, they feel, oh, hey man, this is my space. This belongs to me. So that they can make them, you know, enjoy their work, enjoy their environment. So when they walk into the office, what do they expect to see? Say like in the pantry space. Wait a minute, are you saying that future office space, would there be individual offices? Are you saying no more of that? No more dividers? There will be less, less. and less individual rooms. So now you're saying, you're talking about a pantry, yeah, which is like the water example. cooler area. Yeah. Think about 90s, what they want. They want to, you know, have many, many chatting space, many, many different corners. They can have a chat, they can, you know, talk about their ideas. So pantry space is another space to let them relax and chatting. In this sense, you need to put, you know, say like maybe a sofa over there. Really? In maybe the pantry? A, yeah, it's, it's like a coffee shop. Oh, so people okay. can okay. sit in, have a nice cup of coffee and soft light and relax, really relax in the pantry space. So that's quite different from the past. I see that from the book, you've got beautiful, colorful pictures. Mm -hmm. And it seems like your idea is like a lot of color. It's not just well, one color, mm -hmm. you know, because you think 
that an office space should be very neutral. You want them to focus on their work and not like, ooh, there's a rainbow or you know, <laughs> all this different color and get distracted. Like, you don't want that, but you have a lot of colors. Color is one of the way to, you know, inspire. Inspire ideas. What else would you have in a pantry? In the past, pantries always stay in the corner, hiding in the secret corner. Sure. People walk long aisles to the pantry, but nowadays I would like to sit pantry just beside the main entrance. So everybody walk into the office, the first sight to look at, oh, that's the pantry. Oh, I want really? to sit in. Yeah, to become a showroom of the office, to show people, to show the guests, see, hey, this is our office. Very relaxed, very, very comfortable space. So would you say that the pantry is like, well, okay, probably the second most important space in an office building besides the big boss's office? That's right, really? that's right. It's, it's totally different from the past. Even become a showroom to show, not the product, but to show the mood of the colleague, the staff. Talk about two finished products that you've done that you're really proud of and why. I know that you spent some time in Beijing, China, um, after you finished your studies in Edinburgh. And actually you have quite a few really um, amazing projects and mm -hmm. that's been reported and also gotten awards. Yeah, you wanna talk maybe one or two of these projects that you're really proud of and, mm -hmm. and tell us why? Say like, uh, for example, the uh, EDG office in Beijing. Okay, what, what kind of company is that? It's a, it's a design office, design it's office? a design company. I this project because of, I design all the things from inside to outside. I not only handle the interior design, but also the facade, also the landscape, also the signage design is a whole pack under my concept. Well, I'm sure the, um, you know, the client, they told you what they want, right? What do right. they want? When you walk into this office, they want everybody to feel free because it's a design company. So yeah. they hope the, the, the space in this building, everybody can feel, you know, the, the ideas, different ideas, you know, jumping around, you know. Even the conflict is okay. One of the ideas yeah, is like, like, like a bubble. It's an old factory building, so I want to put each single space just like a bubble, very gentle, lightly sit into this old factory. So the meeting room is like a, like a bubble. So what you're saying is that even though, you know, like a group space is important, but it's also important that each person, sometimes they want to be on their own, right? Mm -hmm. Individual. So that's why you have this bubble. It's for like individual, one person, leave I me alone yeah, kind of right. mm -hmm. time. Try to imagine what a bubble is. Really, it's like a bubble. It's see-through. It's kind of it's not transparent, it's translucent. It's kind of, you know, dreamy kind of um, mm -hmm. surface. But it's looking like a pumpkin almost. Even though you can move in around, move to where you want to stay. Another idea is environmental friendly. So I use lots of reuse timber. Are you talking about the one where the walls got like these wooden blocks in That's it? right, that's, really? that's what, what I'm talking about. It's like all these walls, right? With a metal frame, mm -hmm. and then the inside is all like blocks of wood that you would put over a fireplace. Yeah, yeah the structure is like a sandwich. On the both side, it's it's the frame, it's the uh, metal mesh. Metal, yeah, right. And then inner side is the reused wood timber. I chopped it off, and you know, like sandwich filling to yeah. fill into. So you can even smell, smell the wood, right? Yeah. 
Oh, that's what you meant by you mm -hmm. know bring nature in there. It's not only seeing it, but you're smelling the wood. You felt you felt relaxing when you walk into that space. Can you think of another project that you're really proud of? And can you briefly talk about that one? Okay, I want to introduce another project in Taiwan. That's a matchmaker office. Single man, single woman meeting there, and to you know to right. to to. Imagine their future. Not too bright, kind of dim, yeah. but, but also a lot of colors. Because yeah. colors make makes you think. I also made a lot of uh, round shape. <laughs> Traditional Chinese, it means um, circle. It means uh, union. union. It makes harmony, uh, harmony marriage, <laughs> man and woman. So I use lots of you know round circle rounds to emphasize this kind of idea, and also many, many different colors. Yeah, oh, colorful. So interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, there's so much more I can ask you, so much more you can talk about this book, right. but uh, I'm just saying that it's just really amazing talking to you. Hopefully you like this book. Yes, and this is David Ho. Thank you, David. Thank you, Shirley. Join me again next week because I'll be talking with David Ho and his two daughters from the Z generation. For In the Spotlight, I'm Shirley Lin. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. Thank you.